listening to the Embassy Church Podcast. And here is today's message. God is good. God, it is good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. At the beginning of the the beginning of the week, I, as I was waking up, I heard in my spirit, I heard the words, the anxiety is great. And I heard the Lord speaking to me and I was like, you know, are you talking about someone specific? Are you talking? And I had messaged a couple people and I just kept hearing it over and over. The anxiety is great. And, and so I began to pray in it and, and the Lord began to show me some things. And so I want to talk about it for a moment. I want to talk about worry, but I believe the Lord wants to do something in our hearts today. So thank you, Jesus. There, at the beginning of the year, we've, and even in Christmas time, we talked about the scripture verse, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. And I kind of want to lead off of that verse today. I'm just going to read it again. It says, ask, Matthew 7, verse 7, ask and the gift is yours. Seek and you'll discover. Knock and the door will be open for you. For every persistent one will get what he asks for. Every persistent seeker will discover what he longs for. And everyone who knocks persistently will one day find an open door. Do you know of any parent who would give his hungry child who asked for food a plate of rocks instead? Or when asked for a piece of fish, what parent would offer his child a snake instead? If you, imperfect as you are, know how to lovingly take care of your children and give them what's best, how much more ready is your heavenly father to give wonderful gifts to those who ask him? How much more? I know, I know we've heard this verse many times and I'm asking you to keep your heart open. I am... I, um, I've known going into this year that this year would be a year of stretching and a year of of stretching us to trust God even more. And when God began to talk to me about that at first, I was like, oh, that sounds terrible. Like, what's going to (laughs) happen? What what are you preparing me for that we're going to have to trust more? And he says, no, that's not a bad thing. That's the place of freedom. Trusting God more, that's the place of freedom. This is a good thing. This is a good thing. And so I want to talk to us about this. In Matthew 6, verse 19, it says, Don't keep hoarding for yourself earthly treasures that that can be stolen by thieves. Material wealth eventually rusts, decays, and loses its value. Instead, stockpile heavenly treasures for yourself that cannot be stolen and will never rust, decay, or lose their value. For your heart will always pursue what you esteem as your treasure. I stopped myself in reading that because to think about it, my heart will always pursue what I think my treasure is. And I thought, what am I pursuing right now? What am I focusing on right now? What? Because there are so many times, so often where I'll be in pursuit of him and then I'll somehow get we were talking about this in the prayer room, somehow get a little sidetracked and all of a sudden my pursuit becomes something else and my heart begins to go that way and set it towards God, my heart. So just right now, what do you think? What, what are you pursuing? What's your heart pursuing? Then it goes, the eyes of your spirit 
Allow revelation light to enter into your being. If your heart is unclouded, the light floods in. But if your eyes are focused on money, the light cannot penetrate darkness and darkness takes its place. How profound will that darkness within you if the light of truth cannot enter? How could you worship two gods at the same time? You will have, you will have to hate one and love the other or be devoted to one and despise the other. You can't worship the true God while enslaved to the God of money. Because you, you can't be focused on money, worrying about money. Anybody ever worried about money? If you said no, you're lying. <laughs> How easily even money creeps in, right? That, that, I, that that becomes my focus. That becomes the way I make decisions. That becomes what my heart goes towards. Because I become worried about it and God says, you actually block, when you get into that place, you actually block something. I don't know how many times I've laid in bed at night trying to figure out how I was going to pay a bill, like laying in bed was going to help. <laughs> if, I could, if I could make it happen, so, you know, why do we do this? Is you can't be focused on one thing and focused on the other thing at the same time. Look at this, 1 Timothy 6, 17. To all the rich of this world, I command you not to be wrapped in thoughts of pride over your prosperity or rely on your wealth for your riches are unreliable and nothing compared to the living God. Trust instead in the one who lavishes upon us good things, fulfilling our every need. I mean, like, even if, even if you're trusted, even if you have money and you've got money, oftentimes there's an anxiety behind that that's like, what if I lose it? What if I don't have enough? What if something happens? What if the economy changes? What, what if, what if? He says, don't trust in that. That's unreliable. Some of us are placing our trust in other things besides money. It's trusting in a relationship, trusting in a boyfriend, trusting in a girlfriend, trusting in a situation, trusting in something else other than God. And you are full of anxiety because those things are unreliable. Trusting in the government, trusting that this whole thing goes away, trusting in other things besides God. And he says, whoa, trust only in God. That's the only reliable thing. My peace will never be fully solid if I'm trusting in other things. I'll, I'll never fully have peace if I'm trusting in other things because they're unreliable. Unreliable things. Psalms 146 Verse two, I will praise the eternal for as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God as long as breath fills my lungs and blood flows through my veins. Do not put your trust in the rulers of this world, in kings and princes. Do not expect any rescue from mortal men. As soon as their breath leaves them, they return to the earth on that day. All of them perish, their dreams, their plans, and their memories. But blessed are those who help comes from the God of Jacob, whose hope is centered 
in the eternal God is centered. He's not my backup plan. (laughs) He's my center. It doesn't matter what's going on. It doesn't matter what the government's doing. It doesn't matter what other people are doing. It doesn't matter what my money says. It doesn't matter what the relationship says. I am trusting in you. I am centered on him. My focus is looking directly at him. Psalms 33 verse 16 says, the best equipped army cannot save a king. Nor is the great strength enough to save a warrior. Don't count on your war horses to give you victory. For all its strength cannot save you. But the Lord watches over those who fear him. Those who rely on his unfailing love. He rescues them from death. And he keeps them alive in times of famine. We put our hope in the Lord. He is our help and our shield. All the best laid plans, all the best advice from the best gurus, every self-help book, all of it. Good advice. If that's your focus, you won't be sure-footed. It's those that look for help to God in these times, in whatever your situation is right now, in these times, my focus has to be on God. I'm worried about my job. I'm worried about my living situation. I'm worried about my children. I'm worried about the, no, 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 no. Come on, you take those and you center them on the God that delivers, the God that saves, the God that heals, the God who who sent his son changed everything, changed the game. The God who has the master plan, all of it centered on him. You won't be able to figure it out on your own. Your worrying is you trying to figure it out on your own. Back to Matthew 6. The eyes of your spirit allow revelation light to enter into your being. If your heart is unclouded, the light floods in. See, I think sometimes we cloud ourselves up with worry. We we can't even hear clearly because all we're doing is worrying, 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 worrying. He says, I've got revelation light. I've got the solution that I want to release to you. How can you worship two gods at the same time? You will have to hate one and love the other or be devoted to one and despise the other. You can't worship the true God while enslaved to the God of money. You can't focus on one thing and be focused on another. Adam, come here. Come here, yeah. Stand here right in the middle. I'll move out of the way. Face the people. Okay. What do we got? We got Cliff over here and we've got Duff over there. I want you to focus on Duff. Focus on him. Do not take your eyes off of Duff. Don't take your eyes off Duff. Okay. Focused on Duff? Okay. I want you to look at Cliff. No. Focus on Duff. Focus on Duff. Now look at Cliff. Good job. (laughs) Why aren't you looking at Cliff? 
supposed to focus on Duff? <laughs> Can you focus on Duff and Cliff at the same time? And I'm talking about peripheral vision, okay? No. No. Okay. I want you to focus on Duff and I want you to walk towards Cliff. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Adam. <laughs> At best, you're going to miss a lot of the things that, that you would be able to, to step over. Any hindrances in the way if you had undivided focus. If I told him to walk towards Duff, he would seamlessly walk towards Duff like no problem. Why? Because he's focused on Duff. But worry would come in and try to take your attention off of the truth, off of what God says, and try to get your attention over this way. And now you're worrying and you're trying to walk towards God. It doesn't work. It's divided. And I felt like, I just felt like God was... I know we know this stuff. A lot of us know this scripture like, yes, we, we know you can't serve God in money and you shouldn't worry and all of those things. But I just felt like God wanted to remind us like, hey, get your eyes back up here. I'm the trustworthy one. I'm the creator. I'm the creator. Think about that. I, I create it. I can create anything I want to create. Look at me, look at me. You know, I had this, I was thinking about this. You know when the disciples were in the boat and Jesus is in the, in the bottom of the boat and he's sleeping and a storm comes, right? And, and they're just like terrified by the storm. It's like, oh my God, this storm's gonna take us out and blah, 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 right? And they go get Jesus and they're like, I don't even think you care about us. And Jesus is like, what are you talking about? And then he gets up and he, and he rebukes the storm and then peace comes and the storm settles down and they're like, who is this guy? He's amazing, right? A couple chapters later, you see the disciples again in a boat. And, and they're, well, they're about to get in the boat. I'll start the story. From the beginning there, Jesus is preaching and says, hey guys, go on over to the other side. I'll meet you over there. I've got some praying to do and some cleaning up to do. I'll see you guys on the other side. They get in the boat and the Bible says the storm starts again. Another storm. It doesn't say that they were scared of the storm. What they were scared of was a new problem. Jesus, they thought he was a ghost. When they saw him walking on water, they were like, oh my God, who's this guy? And Jesus is like, it's okay, it's me, right? But look at this. Immediately, as soon as Jesus finds out, or excuse me, Peter finds out it's Jesus, he's not afraid of the storm. In the middle of a storm where before he was crying, like, you want to kill me? You want me dead? This time he's like, call me to come. If it's you, call me to come. Have you seen? Look at that. How already his trust has grown. Don't, feel the, don't fear the storm. Because it's, a, and it's an opportunity for your trust to grow. So T, Peter now new thing, new experience in the middle of a storm is walking on the water. Starts to fall. Jesus picks him up. Now he knows Jesus in another way. That even when I step out in faith, he saves me. Then get this. Then later on, Jesus is having a discussion with the disciples and he says, who are people saying that I am? 
And they're like, some say you're this, some say you're the prophet, some say you're that. And Jesus is like, yeah, who do you say that I am? And Peter's like, you're the son of God. And Jesus says, Peter, nobody could have revealed that to you except for the spirit of God. And I thought, oh my gosh, it was the storms. It was the moments with Jesus. It was the trying times that there was something building in his heart that he suddenly became to know Jesus even more. So when Jesus asked the question, who do you say that I am? He's like, I've walked through things with you. I saw things. You're the son of God. And so he would take us this year into places where we would learn to deep trust him even more, even greater. Don't fear that. Because what happens is more and more he's unveiled to us who he is. That whatever I face next, I can go back and say, wait a minute. I remember you. When I thought I was going to lose my life, you came up from the boat and you spoke one word. Saved me. Wait a minute. That gave me strength to be in the storm. I wasn't even afraid because I knew Jesus. I knew. But then I started to step out in faith and I got scared, but he still saved me. He will always save you. You can trust him. Okay, Matthew, uh, Matthew 6.25. This is why I tell you. So he's continuing the thought. You can't serve God. You can't serve money. You, you can't be divided like this, guys. And this is what he says. Verse 25. This is why I tell you to never be worried about your life. Come on, how many of us are worried about our lives right now? For all that you need will be provided, such as food, water, clothing, everything your body needs. Isn't there more to your life than a meal? Isn't your body more than clothing? All will be provided for you. 26, consider the birds. Do you think they worry about their existence? They don't plant or reap or store up food. Yet your heavenly Father provides them each with food. Aren't you much more valuable to your Father than they? So which one of you, by worrying, could add anything to your life? You're not adding anything to your life by carrying the things you're carrying. You're not adding anything. But he says, how much more valuable are you to the Father? This is, this is key. Knowing that you are valued by the Father how much value he places on you. Hear me. You are so valued. He sees you. There are times where I have to, I have to sit and I have to stop and I have to think about, God, how valuable am I to you? What do you think of me? Tell me what you think of me. Some of you need to do that. What do you think of me? What do you think of me, God? And let him speak worth into you. Let him speak value into you. And you hold on to those words. I promise you he's speaking value to you. If there's any voice that comes out and says, well, you miss it a lot. 
No. You're asking, what do you, what, what do you think of me? He's not disappointed in you. So you hold on to that value. Then it goes, verse 28, and why would you worry about your clothing? Look at all the beautiful flowers of the field. They don't work or toil. And yet, not even Solomon in all his splendor was robed in beauty like one of them. So if God had clothed the meadow with hay, which is here for such a short time and then dried up and burned, won't he provide for all the clothes you need? Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) You of little faith, So then, so then, forsake your worries. Do you know what that word forsake is? It jumped out at me and I thought, I'm going to look it up. It means to renounce, to reject, to stop using and stop consuming. Some of us, worry has become a way of life. It's become what you consume. It's become part of, of, of who you are. This is, what I, this is what I do. This is how I think. And honestly, I'll be really honest with you. When those things come, some of you need to get control of your own brain. You're allowing your brain to think whatever it wants to think. It is not your friend. I'm serious. And I, I know I've shared this before, but there have been times where, where um, the enemy would come and he would just try to attack me. Like, and it was, I, I remember one time it was about being a mom. You're a terrible mom. Who do you think you are? And it was like constant. I could not get a hold of it, man. I couldn't. But, but I eventually stopped and, excuse me, it wasn't that I couldn't get a hold of it. I was allowing it to keep going. And I was, I remember walking up the stairs and I, it was just like I was being bombarded. And I had to stop myself and I had to literally war with my own head. No, no, no. It happened again another time when I was in a hotel room. Same thing. I woke up in the middle of the night feeling worthless, so worthless. And I had to sit there and consciously fight with my own. You are not going to think these things. No, no. They are not allowed to be a part of who I am. Why? Why, are those, why should those thoughts not be allowed to be a part of you? Because they're contrary to what God says. Therefore, it's a lie. So, so I don't know what you're thinking about. You do. You're thinking it right now. You're like, oh. <laughs> but, but you need to get control of your mind. Those thoughts come? No, wait, I'm not thinking that way anymore. I have thoughts of lack? No, my God provides for me. I have self-image issues? I am beautifully and wonderfully made. Whatever it is that, that, that is tormenting your mind, no, no, you don't get to be there no more. I am forsaking this. This is not what I consume anymore. I renounce it right now. In fact, some of you, where you're sitting right now, in the name of Jesus, I am not thinking that way anymore. You don't get to take up space here anymore. So above all, verse 33, constantly seek God's kingdom and his righteousness then all the less important things will be given to you abundantly. 
to seek after, right? We're, we're, we're focused on, this is what I'm seeking after. Lack is gonna try and come into, no, I'm not, no, get out of here. I have a provider. God provides for me. I'm, I'm after the kingdom of God. When I'm worried about, no, get out of here. I'm, I'm focused on the word of God. I'm focused on the kingdom of God. I'm focused on doing his plan. Remember, you can't focus on two things at the same time. Verse 34, refuse to worry about tomorrow, but deal with each challenge that comes your way one day at a time. God began to speak to me about this verse because I started to ask him like, well, how do I not plan for tomorrow? Like I'm not worried about it. Tomorrow's gonna deal with itself. But like, what about some of the things I should be worried about tomorrow? And (laughs) at the beginning of the summer, God began to talk to me about living in the moment that I'm losing moments living in the future. I'm losing my moments. And so that's been a journey with me. And so when I read this verse, I'm like, okay, I don't know, like I should plan for tomorrow, but like I shouldn't worry about tomorrow. So how do I do this? And he said, you can live in such a place of trust that you know that whatever you need for today, I will bring you today. Whatever contact you need to make will come today. Whatever person for your future comes and says, hey, we should make a plan about this. I've brought them, that's for today. But you can live in a place that step-by-step today, the Lord will provide for me. I need to live in the moment though, because I'm looking over here and he's providing for me right here, but I'm worried about over there. Don't worry about it. Trust me in today. Trust me in today. I'm bringing what needs to be brought. I'm putting you in touch with who needs to be put in touch with. Don't worry about it. You can trust me. You can wake up in the morning and say, Father, you have my day. And my day is in your hands. And I trust you with it. I trust you with it. Come on. We can do this. I can trust you with this. You not only hold the big things, you hold the little things and you're concerned about it all. Then it says, end of the verse, tomorrow will take care of itself. I got your tomorrow, don't worry about it. What you need for tomorrow will be there tomorrow. Keep walking forward. Matthew 10 30. So don't worry for your father cares deeply about even the smallest detail of your life. So don't worry for the father cares about even the smallest detail. I wanted to encourage you with that today. But I ask that we would as a people begin to set our heart on these things. Wait, am I wor- have I gotten into worry? Because I'm not God. I can't fix this. God, you know every moment. You know every part of me. 
I'm going to lay this at your feet. I'm going to give this to you, God. You know. You know. That you would wake up in the morning and say, I'm, this is new. This is new for me. I'm, I'm used to worrying. I'm used to carrying worry. I'm used to it. But I'm not doing that no more. God, I'm going to trust you. And anytime worry would come up, you'd say, no, I trust God. I am trusting God. And whatever you need to do, you need to find scripture verses that you can hold on to. Like Angel said, even if it's one scripture verse, you hold on to it and you just keep saying it. My God will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. If he takes care of the birds, how much more will he take care of me? You are the God that heals. You are the God that delivers. You're dealing with addiction. You are the God that delivers. You are the God that delivers. I know it. I know it. You're the God that delivers. You look up verses on deliverance. You look up verses on how he set you free. You look it up and you just keep saying it. And every time that worry comes in, no, I'm not. You're not going there. I don't live there anymore. That's not things I consume anymore. So in the name of Jesus... Father, you just know how to do things so beautifully. I know you're dealing with our hearts and our lives today and calling us actually to come out on the water to new places in you where we would, we would walk into new levels of trust which would cause more fruit to come forth from us. But Father, that even greater awareness of who you are would be released and revealed to us. So Father, I pray over every person here and Holy Spirit that you would seal this on them. Do not worry. Forsake worrying. That's not who you are. That is not a part of the kingdom of God. And it does not have to be a part of you. And Father, I just declare that we are people of peace and people of sound minds. In Jesus' name, I release it over them in Jesus' name. Amen. Sean? For more information about Embassy Church, visit our website at embassychurch.ca.